0: The one from National Lampoon's European Vacation. Why is that so popular? (laughs) Search me,
1: but we have sold a ridiculous number of those. I guess there are a lot of Rustys taking trips to Europe?
0: We're always adding new designs based on movies we've covered, like our brand new design for a streetcar named Desire, featuring a streetcar named Desire. So if you want to rep your love of TNR and films... Head to thenextreel.com slash merch.
1: Every purchase helps us continue to have these weekly in-depth conversations. So visit thenextreel.com slash merch today.
0: And as always, thanks for listening and being a part of the Next Real community. We've got lots more great movie chats coming your way.
2: Jake, my boyfriend. It's snowing. Winter is coming in. We have a real connection. A rare and intense attachment. I've never experienced anything like it. I'm thinking of ending things. Huh? What? Did you say something? I don't think so. Weird. I'm visiting Jake's parents for the first time. He hasn't been my boyfriend for very long. They really are looking forward to meeting you. I think of ending things.
0: Hello? We're here! Here they
3: come. Jake has told us so much about you. He's told me so much about both of you, too. And you came anyway. (laughs) Jake tells me you're studying quantum psychics. Mm,
2: Physics.
4: Really? But there's just something profoundly wrong
2: here. Are you
1: okay? Yeah. I think you have endings. I am so glad
0: Jake has found someone.
2: And now for something completely different. That's all I've wanted through this pandemic. Something new. Something to look forward to. And we got a taste of that with the film board in July when we did Hamilton. But even that was kind of the film representation of a show that had been out for years. So this month... We're going deep welcome to the film board from the next reel on true story fm we spoil movies and quite honestly i'm feeling a little spoiled myself with this one netflix released a new movie from charlie kaufman on friday september 4th called i'm thinking of ending things and its impressionistic ideas are creatively consistent with much of what you can expect from his work so i can't wait to talk about it with my dudes right here At The Next Reel, when the movie ends, our conversation begins and you can get in on our conversation by connecting with us on Discord. We host a fun and fabulous server there that serves as a platform for discussions about all of our shows and other entertaining factoids and debates from the entertainment industry as a whole. Joining us there will connect you to fun film fans from around the world. Check out all the details at thenextreel.com. There's a bright blue button at the bottom of the front page, which will push you through to the not-so-hidden side door. There is no secret knock necessary. Okay, let's introduce our hosts with some foundational talk about the way you view your Kaufman movies. There's so many different (laughs) ways to view what he presents in his art. So uh, what is your favorite Kaufman film, and how do you gear up to watch one of these stories? Hello, Steve Sarmento.
4: Oh, I think, aren't we all in agreement that Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind is like pinnacle... Kaufman, it is it is for me. And then, but I'm right after that, it, right after that adaptation, okay. to gear up to gear up for Kaufman, it's like you got to put your brain into overdrive for me on <laughs> this because it's it's just like I have to be so focused. I can't. I have to be in a distraction free environment because there's so much stuff that I'm going to have to pay attention to and be like teasing apart as I'm watching this this movie go on. That's so it's like lots of caffeine and just like yes, I'm focused. We are go.
2: Caffeine's not a bad idea. I was thinking maybe hallucinogenics. But yeah, no, caffeine <laughs> caffeine is a good one, too. And I, and I agree with you about Eternal Sunshine. Uh, how about you, Tommy? Handsome, what's your Kaufman uh, joy?
3: That's me. Uh, hi, fun film fans. Um, my favorite one is probably his most accessible because of the hands of George Clooney, but his Confessions of a Dangerous Mind. Oh, he didn't oh. direct it, but he wrote it. And yeah, I yeah. think that movie is... Okay masterful, especially as a first-time director uh, that George Clooney did. I thought it was so much fun. And that's sort of a nice beginner's guide into how much he wants to play with the medium, how much he wants how all rules are kind of broken, and also what he does so much in this movie and other ones. He brings so much attention to the one thing that most directors and editors tried and not do. You're constantly uh, aware that you're watching a movie. He's bringing attention to the artifice. And he's saying, you're watching a movie, you're watching a movie, and still watch what I can get away with. And (laughs) I think that's thrilling and fascinating.
2: Yeah, the rules are there are no rules. That's definitely how I feel about all all Charlie Kaufman movies. I am JJ, and Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind is in my, I think, top five movies lists of all time. Not even just on Flickchart, but with all the things. And when looking at that movie in particular, I, I think I tend to take it kind of as it's told, right? I mean, it's, of course... A fictional idea about something that you can do mm. but in general I, I take the fiction as it's told in a very kind of science fictiony kind of way i don't know if there's any symbolic or unreal characters in that one but i i, I don't know i definitely don't think that can be said for his other films and we'll get into that a little bit tonight too the main show on the next reel did a whole charlie kaufman series and it included in turtle sunshine adaptation which you mentioned steve and being john malkovich and steve you and i talked about anomalisa which is another yes. Kaufman on Trailer Rewind. Uh, all yes. those shows are available for, for you and our audience on our website in the back catalog. But this is the first time that we've been able to discuss a Charlie Kaufman movie on the film board. And that's super exciting, even yeah. in the middle of pandemic. So with all that said, and with all the different ways that you can view this kind of cinema, let's get into it. What were your initial impressions of this movie? I'm thinking of ending things, Tommy Hansen.
3: every time you use that sentence in context it makes me dial nine one and then i'm like right right it's just the title um right right i at time i went into this movie with extremely high expectations the idea of charlie kaufman taking a psychological thriller maybe that had scary elements or something i couldn't think of someone more that i would want to watch their take on it um At times, I thought it was very confusing. I did think it was long. I thought it was jarring. I thought at times it was frustrating. And overall, I think it is, if it's not, it is very close to a masterpiece.
0: Yeah. I thought this movie was
3: incredible. For a movie that is so difficult and asks so much, while sometimes giving so little and so much, I was captivated.
2: Interesting. Yeah. That's amazing. And, 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 of course, you started that with a whole bunch of negative right. <laughs>
4: connotative words. So I'm interested to see how that all played out for you yeah. when you're watching as well. How, how did it hit you, Steve? I will say I, I started with the title, and I'm wondering, what, what are things? I'm ending things. So what are sure. the things that are ending? Is there more than one thing that's ending? And there's lots of things in this film. <laughs>
0: there are lots and
4: of things. I, you know, several. <laughs> several there, and several right. points, I, I'm watching this and I'm like, I get this reference. I get this reference. I'm seeing this. Oh, th- did he make this for me? Because oh. there, there's so much I love intellectual it. stuff that's going on that yeah. I thought, I I give me more of this. Give me more of this. I'm, I'm right there with Tommy. This is a brilliant piece of work. It is not easily accessible. It doesn't provide a lot of answers, but I love those types of things because it's really about giving the viewer something to think about and not telling them what to think about it because i don't know what to tell anybody to think about this movie because you just have to experience it that's yeah. that's where i am
2: yeah and and what a treat to get something like this in the face of all of this weird media that we've been exposed to through the pandemic right i mean it's uh it is it's it's intense and it's i mean it's voluminous in everything that it's oh. trying to bring to us and uh, <laughs> i i i don't know that i ever felt like he was making it for me steve but uh i do i do feel like one after another, I was being tested on the different references and then trying to figure out where I fit in in the mind of this story. And I mm. love that. Um, I don't think um, I love that you guys are, are are following it like it's a masterpiece. I think there's a lot of people who are, are going to do that, who are going to feel that way about it. Um, for me, I, it's, it's I think it's, it's not, also going to be
3: extremely polarizing. Right. I, oh, I mean, if. definitely
2: that, too. I, yeah. I, I got a feeling like. You know, uh maybe like an inside lewin davis uh kind of thing, mm. where you know you don't really mother, yeah, and mother's a great one too, where it's it's mostly it's art it's it's interpretive art, yes. and uh it for me it's not going to go in my masterpiece category, but I recognize the importance of a movie like this, and there's mm. so much to talk about so i love yep. I love getting into movies like this so uh, i'm I'm gonna try to. I don't know how to give a synopsis of this movie because. It, like, Good luck. See, I can talk about the general things that we see and hear right, on the screen, right. but so much of it feels like symbolic or opposed to the actual stuff that we're looking at. So, our interpretation of what happened here may be more interesting than what we're presented with. So, uh, generally speaking. We believe in you, JJ. Thank you. Uh, generally speaking, a young woman. Uh, I'm just going to leave it at that. A young woman is traveling to her relatively new boyfriend's house to meet his parents for the first time. Her name is unclear because it changes a lot over the course of the film. Uh, his name is Jake, period. And uh, there's also an old man who is a high school janitor. And he is connected to this story, the the young woman and the, and the Jake, uh, in odd ways. He's watching them at times. He... he He hears what they hear at times. His story is kind of shown in parallel to theirs with these unexplained connections. The young woman is our narrator, and her thoughts are shared with us and seemingly with Jake, too. They're in a blizzard, and it's difficult to say when reality becomes difficult. us to understand in the audience, but once we get to the parents' farmhouse, so many incredibly creepy and confusing things take place. The people, the place, the perceptions of everything begin to constantly shift in a real unsettling play, and eventually the couple then hits the road for home. You see, I skipped a lot of stuff there because I don't know how to talk about that stuff, but um, eventually the couple hits the road for home, and then they stop at a roadside 24-hour ice cream stand, yes, in the middle of the night and in a blizzard ice cream stand middle of the night blizzard yeah uh and then they take a strange turn toward jake's high school where the unexplained connections between the story of the couple and the old man begin to converge the film ends with some fantastic sequences linking things together in artful ways that put the audience in a creative mode to explain the reality of the story to themselves in whatever ways seem to fit best for them and that's us Wait, we're the audience. I was talking about it as other people, but that's us. Awesome. Right. So there's so much vague on that in that and that's way on purpose because I mostly want to hear how you guys explain the story reality to yourselves in the midst of all this. So what the heck is going on here? Who wants to start?
4: Anyone? Steve. <laughs> I can go, unless Steve go would ahead. like to go. No, 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 go ahead, Tommy. Let's let's hear what you've got on this. Pick
2: um, a pick a pick a person, pick a pick an angle. Yeah, yeah, I'll throw it up. Yeah.
3: I won't go into everything, okay. but I believe start. that None of this has happened.
2: Okay. None Th- this of this is all define your this. I need no pronouns today.
3: Got it. Yeah. Uh, any of the, uh, <laughs> any, <laughs> any of the drive to the parents, any okay. of the thing that happened at the parents' house, except for moments when they're not talking to quote the girl mm-hmm. to the woman and quote um, uh, everything like that, that it's all taking place in an old man's mind okay. that the high school janitor is Jake Got it. And he is an old man filled, like, uh, in whatchamacallit, Inception. He's an old man dying alone, filled with regret. Yeah. And he is thinking about uh, all the different things that he got wrong. He has made an, well, I won't talk about the woman yet, because we can go step by step. Sure, sure. Uh, But then he is sitting, he has written this sort of fantasy That is a sad fantasy uh, because that is everything is mixing together from a number of different parts in his life. All of the memories, all everything is all merging together, as would happen in the way that when she is constantly sometimes like losing her train of thought, like she's skipping over subjects and stuff. Even if you're trying to make up a daydream or a fantasy or having a dream or a nightmare, it's really hard to stay on task. Right, and so I think what we're seeing is a very unsuccessful fantasy come to a logical end as an old man uh, dies alone. Ooh, in, okay, in, in a car.
2: And interesting. So, so young couple story. The key key takeaway that I want to say from that is young couple yep. story is sad fantasy of old man high school janitor. Uh, before and the clincher
3: mo- is when that they meet together. When we find out, I think the real story of who she is, at least physically hmm i believe well we won't talk about the girl yet yeah yeah okay <laughs> go ahead. okay so sad fantasy and
2: then maybe it sounds like there's some see sort the of- thing
3: about the dark tower is he had the horn of eld <laughs> no i don't
2: i remember i went on like
3: a 10 minute rant during that i won't talk about that but yeah i have a I have a fairly strong theory but yeah Throw go back. ahead. i love it okay yep. steve uh
2: are you in full support of where Tommy taking taken us there? Or do you have some maybe
4: subtle differences that you want to chime in there, with here? There may be some subtle differences. It's hard to tell because it, there's a lot to unpack. And as we delve into more detail, that may be where we see where we're in alignment or there's some, some differences. But for me, I, I mean, I agree. This is really a meditation on regret. Mm-hmm. Um, looking back on past choices, loneliness. Um, and I think overall what we see in a lot of Charlie Kaufman is this this longing and desire to connect, to have a relationship and overthinking things and, and other obstacles getting in the way and the failure of that, whether that has to do with personal failings or social structures that are someone that is an outsider or feels like an outcast and in their inability to connect with people. So I I... I Yes, I think it becomes clear by the end that the janitor is Jake. Who who Lucy is? um, Louisa. That Louisa or Yvonne or yes or (laughs) or Ames Ames Amy. (laughs) Uh, Not clear to me, but we will we can get into that because I I I think that I will agree that everything in the car is is in the janitor's mind, but I think it may be based on something in his past that he's trying to reinvent or think about if I had done things differently, would things be in a different place here? Mm. Um, and so that's, that's where I am with that. Uh, you know, there's yes, clearly he had family then I've done the farm. And I think there was a lot of touchstones in his real life that, that parallel this. But for me, it's really about coming back to the title of the decision that that Jake is making at the end when as, as the janitor, to, to end things. And I think that what we're seeing play out is his sort of subconscious having a dialogue with itself about his past regrets that's feeding into decision that he's making at the end of the. Right.
2: And I think, so that gets us into kind of the next question, right? And I think that we're kind of talking along the same lines here, the the question of where reality is and where reality isn't in terms of his memory versus what he's conjuring in his mind is I think where that's where people are going to have subtle differences and where in the things that I've read online, I mean, there well, there's are, room
3: there's room for it. When I say I have right. a theory, I don't yeah. mean I figured it out. Yeah. I no, have no, my yes. interpretation. No, there's, yeah. Right. There's well, and that's multiple. I guess yeah. that's
2: my point about bringing up the stuff I've read online, because there are journalists who are coming up here and saying that X conversation is when Y thing was happening. And I think, it's oh. impo- I think it's impossible to watch. I, I, would, I would assert that it's impossible to watch a Kaufman movie and say that in general, mm-hmm. because I think really the art of what's presented in his movies is to say, here, what do you think? Right. And, mm-hmm. and that's why I think this is just such, such a perfect movie for us to talk about on this podcast, because it, it matters more what we think than what is actually on screen or what we say is happening.
3: I think it has a lot akin to David Lynch. Where a lot of times when you're trying to figure out a David Lynch film, sometimes I think it's sometimes very valid to say it's more of a tone poem. Mm -hmm. Meaning it's more, it's less about, got it, Mulholland Drive. Right. (laughs) Anyone that says, got it, Mulholland Drive, back up. There's (laughs) a lot of cool theories and stuff out there. But also it's just about, look what I can do to make you feel these different things with the most innocuous, a walk behind Mulholland Drive, a walk behind a... Diner is yes. one of the scariest <laughs> things I've ever seen in cinema history and yeah, yes. almost nothing happens. Exactly, it's, a, it's a tone poem. It's about what does it feel like? The whole one of the themes of this movie, I think, is also uh, deterioration. Uh, yes. And that's from the words, words, world words. Say the name of the poet. I can't Wordsworth, B- Wordsworth. Wordsworth, Wordsworth poem, which I actually know because I studied yeah. in school. The whole thing is about how, what, pretty much, when I was a kid, everything was yeah. magical and amazing, and right. then now I can't get that feeling back right everything same with eternal sunshine every he's really big on as you age things just fall apart things die away yeah much like and it's not just physical it's memories it's love it's all of that stuff well and i think you bring up
2: the 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 mulholland drive walk behind the the trash bin i think um, there's some parallels here for this. And I will say for the viewers of movies who are like me, I was terrified through most of this movie. and There was really nothing to be terrified of. It's really that tone poem that you're talking about that, like, Mm -hmm. it's just it's just an unsettling feeling. And he isn't going to he isn't there to scare you. He's just putting you in that mode. And it's important to the way that you perceive this movie. Um, I don't dislike the way that I went through this movie. I I was excited to see it and I'm excited to have seen it. But I was scared the whole way.
3: Yeah, I'm glad because I was worried about you because I didn't. I'm a horror aficionado, as we know, and I was very uncomfortable. I didn't mm-hmm. realize how, where he had put me emotionally. This is just a very detailed thing until that's, once we're finally, I mean, in the middle of the film, like the standout of the film is everything inside the house with the parents. Mm-hmm, right? And yes. then that smash cut to him putting on this, tire chains yeah i jumped out of my seat like a cartoon character i was like ah! and like nothing happened he just i didn't know how tightly wound i was from yeah. just this kind of weirdness and weirdness and weirdness yes. until it slammed back to reality and it was like a, a killer with a knife came out of my own apartment yeah. it was crazy with with tire chains yeah, uh, but chain yeah, chain. so a tire so, chain knife, the worst kind <laughs> that can't cut a sandwich. So we've all
2: talked a little bit about what the what the young woman is, uh, you know, and I think it, she's our what, narrator. The, the young, the young woman. woman. So we talk about, you know, she's our narrator, but she is also representative of something from Jake or from old janitors past, too. Um, but she's also Jake. Right. I mean, that's some of the most eerie stuff when when she's realizing that she is him. She is he as they go through this. Um, So to you, when when you're as the audience surrogate, you're the young woman here. Who is the young woman to you?
3: It's Jake. She never existed. Right. She existed in physical form. She's an amalgamation of all of the women that he never found or never had the courage to meet. Uh, I think that the uh, talk when she changes into the woman, when she's talking to old Jake in the high school saying there was just this creep at this bar staring at me. That's the real her as much as he can possibly tell, because that's Mm. why the name keeps changing. That's why the career keeps changing based on the conversations they're having. She's a physicist, then she's a painter, then she's a poet. After three scenes earlier saying she doesn't care for poetry, it's constantly changing. And then inside the house, which can represent Jake's mind, you see where all of this stuff came from. Why is she doing this huge, uh, you know, where did her paintings come from? We see the actual painter that did those. Why is she going on this? different kind of smoking rant about Nick Cassavetes I assume <laughs> I assume that is from a yes. Paul Pauline Kale it review cuz you see yes. that book in his thing yes. I actually own that book nice. and it's interesting that review of the film isn't in that book he just oh. used the book that has the it biggest it, it, Pauline Kale, real, if that's man. how you, because I'm a big right. fan of her work, right. so much so I don't have any idea if that's how you spell her <laughs> la- or say her last name, <laughs> but everything, it's so dense in that everything that she says, that's why I feel so comfortable saying that she's an amalgamation, is everything, and the fact that he can seemingly hear her yes. in her monologue sometimes, right? Um, yes, that she, he's, he has created her. And he tries yes. to come up with a fantasy of, this is what it could have been, like, if I had slipped my number into that woman's purse, there's like four different versions of the same date, and it gets but he's just not able to hold on to it.
4: Right. And I think the, the other big clue to that is that the woman, for a brief couple sentences switches in physical appearance oh to to the robert zemeckis woman to to the woman that's from the robert zemeckis little rom-com which to me connected back to early on so counter to the whole i'm gonna spew out a pauline kale you know critique of a john cassavetes film much earlier she talks about that she doesn't like movies because basically it it puts the ideas in your head and for me that's we see Jake, the old janitor, watching the Red Line Diner movie with this woman. And that idea of this is, this is the ideal romantic connection. And that woman now appears in the car with him. Right. She, she shifts appearance. And so to me, that's I'm trying to get to this ideal. And for a moment, that movie ideal becomes manifest there in his attempt to figure out what the ideal relationship is and so for me that that cemented the fact that that that's who this woman is she's a construct because so much keeps changing because i was trying to track i don't know if you've noticed her sweater changes color yes. so
3: much she becomes Somebody more does. matronly. she yes. changes oh, a oh, number oh, oh, of different the, times the jacket
4: yeah, yeah the, the sweater comes off at some point so phys- changes in the physical appearance so yes very much that that's the young woman which i found it was interesting to have her as our unreliable Unreliable narrator to start, but very quickly, as soon as I saw that Jake was hearing what's going on in her head, I thought, okay there's some type of connection between these these two we'll We'll delve into that as the, as the story goes along, but yes, it became very clear that right we got set up with the ultimate unreliable narrator. The person we're identifying with is a totally fabricated person.
2: This is where I want to push on that a little bit because I think that instead of thinking of the characters as individual characters now this is everyone Mm -hmm. that's in his mind right i want to consider the environment as just the slippery thoughts of this old man right the Mm -hmm. reason why i have difficulty thinking of her as an amalgamation or thinking of, of her as a purposeful right so someone that he created is as in her role as the unreliable narrator the sort of contrary contrarian thought of i'm thinking of ending things so she is this sort of And they talk about viruses, right? Viruses just want to live. And, and like this thing, she's a thought that, and they go into this, this is the first, you know, what minute of the movie. They talk about how once you have that thought, it doesn't go away. And they talk about that. Really the only honest thing in the world is thoughts because you can't fake a thought. You can act anything. So what, the young woman exists as is not necessarily a fantasy to me. This is to me, not a fantasy and not this amalgamation. She touches on all that stuff because this, this is why her character has no bounds, right? She is slippery. She is Jake. She's all of these things. But what she exists as is this thought that's now been planted in his mind that it's time to die. Right. And so through this, there's the idea that this, this thought has now become part of his mind and it, and it moves through all of these different pieces. pieces. Yes. And it manifests through this girl and she has all these different experiences and she has all these relating to all of the, memories and thoughts of janitor jake's mind of like meeting his parents and meeting his memories and experiencing his shame and experiencing all this stuff but really she's just sort of the and this is where we start getting it talking about time and how time yeah. travels and at one point when they stop we're jumping all around here we're, we're yeah. just yeah. like a kaufman movie and what we're yeah. doing but yeah. they get to the all-night ice cream place and mm-hmm. and third girl says you don't have to go forward Right, right? And now instead here. of thinking, you can stay here. And then if you think of that character as a thought, the thought of moving towards death or death becoming the old janitor mm. Jake, it's just a really, it's just an alternative view of what's happening through all this and really trying to uh, uh, an old man trying to men- make sense of all the different things that are happening in his mind, including all those emotions and all those memories as well.
3: And yeah, if you're making a world up for that moment, it brings up the idea of if you're, if you have a dream and all those people in your dream believe they're real and you wake up, what happens to them? Yeah. That's terrifying. You're trying to desperately hold on to, but that's him also. I think, yeah, I think it's also him just yes. not being good at having a fantasy because you can see he turns into a teenager at that um, ice cream store. He goes right. back to yes. what yes. back to what he was. He, yes. I mean, and with these with just smiles, these monstrously depicted mean girls that were <laughs> yeah. seen in the play yeah,
0: right. that we yes. saw earlier. It's the yes. whole
3: world is constantly revolving and eating itself. Yep. in different ways, which is really fascinating. I do want to, it is a sidestep, so maybe we can punt it to later or never talk about it if it's not interesting. But there <laughs> is a real meta conversation going on brought very clear by that fake Robert Zemeckis movie oh, mm-hmm. clip. What is in it? From when males write about females or think about females in romantic situations or romantic Mm -hmm. life or project. They put them in horrible situations. Mm. That scene at the red line diner, the fake scene at the red line diner is it has all the trappings of a modern romantic comedy and it is monstrous. Yeah. She needs that job. It ruins her life. He stalks her. Right. right, And then she goes, he's, he, he very clearly, she yells, he stalks her. He gets rewarded for it and yeah, she right. loses her job. And then she's like, well, love wins out, idiot. Ha ha, we, yeah. we all win because she was the tough one because she called him an idiot. No, he's monstrous. And Jake is being monstrous throughout <laughs> a lot of the movie in this, uh, idealizing and forming Mm -hmm. and throwing through there's creepiness of the fact that he's an adult in a, uh, uh, high school continually kind of having this idea of watching and getting caught watching and the shame there's a, I mean, it's almost like also Charlie Kaufman or probably the book. I haven't read the book, but just saying so much of this stuff is written by men and the idea of men writing women can be incredibly harmful.
2: Yeah, well, sure. and you bring up the book. The book, the book is different, and so what I've done done something okay. in looking at the book, and, and Charlie Kaufman did some very specific things here. The book, and, and I, I don't want to, we aren't in the business of spoiling books, but I'm gonna, I'm going to tell everybody what happens here in the book. The book presents new it podcast, as, right? Exactly. Yeah. So the book presents it as a much more straightforward um, event a sequence of events with the characters. So so much so that you don't ever meet janitor old man until the big reveal and the big reveal is in the like the last 15 pages last 30 pages of the book where as uh the young woman is leaving the home she's presented with a picture of jake as a young boy and as they're in the car and they're getting to their destination she realizes that the picture is of herself so and and nothing in the book nothing before that Oh, is revealing about the fact that that is there. It is it is held until the end. Now, what Charlie Kaufman said. In the movie, we see the janitor looking out, seeing her in the very opening. In the very opening. Yeah. And and I think in, in what I've read from what Charlie Kaufman has said about it is that he found that the relationship of the old man to this you know, we, we call it a fiction or to this, Hmm. to this story was too interesting and too important to the story that he wanted to tell. So that's Mm -hmm. how it's different. Oh, he didn't want
3: to save it for like a, ha ha.
2: Right. Like a Twilight Zone episode. Exactly. It wasn't meant to be that it was, what did you call it, Tom, a tone poem. And he wanted to put it out that way. And I think, um, I think it's consistent with his work. Uh, and I yes. think it really does it uh it does it well. Um you guys, Tommy, you talked about it. It scared you a little bit. Steve, did you get scared at all when you were watching this thing?
4: No, I wouldn't say I'm scared, but I, it it is unsettling. We all know
3: we, you're masculine, Steve. No,
4: but I said <laughs> no, I've it's never the, been
3: scared in my life.
4: It's the it's the dream logic stuff that comes into play where right. it's just very unsettling. I can see where it puts you in that uneasy place because it's mm things aren't operating the way they normally would when they arrive at the house. And that we've seen mom waving from the upper window. Creepy. Wave. It takes so yes, long. So such oh, so long. And keep going. And that sets a weird tone. And then they get in the house and they don't come okay, downstairs. We're here. They don't, downstairs. Oh. they don't come downstairs. They don't come downstairs. They don't come downstairs there's that weird door with the scratches on it and all that so what's downstairs <laughs> okay there's that then we have dinner and then suddenly like people just start disappearing that she was in a room with people and now they're yep. not there so oh. now i'm getting into like okay this is a little creepy weird supernatural thing but it wasn't scary but it was this sense of unease and dread that the things yeah. are not right here and i think that is again goes to the tone poem piece of everything that the janitor Jake is working through is a very unsettling thing. And I think that is the right mood to have for this, but we don't get the, we don't get the, we don't get the release of the scare. It just keeps building and building this just awkwardness. And it just keeps going on and on. And we see creepy things like, Tony Collette's weird infected toe for no reason, but just that it's you know weird. I the that.
3: probably because Jake is ashamed by it. Yes, and he's, exactly. He's like, I brought her. He's just bad at his own fantasy because he's yes. too filled with yes. regret and shame. Oh yeah, that he keeps yeah. undercutting himself. I love. Oh yeah, it makes you rethink all the times that characters interrupt themselves when they are yes, about to say that. something too much, and then he goes, "Ha ha." She, they're finally here, and no one's coming down the stairs. He's cutting off his subconscious in the way that, like, yes. if you're anxious, you're yes. like, "I don't want to think about that, so I'm going to think about something else." It's exactly right. so yes. interesting. Well, and I want to go back to the points that I want
2: to. I want to take two things from. Th- Two things from something that each of you have said, because Tommy, Mm. you described the farmhouse as as potentially a metaphor for janitor Jake's mind. And then, Steve, you bring up the the two. There's two parts in particular where the young woman ends up alone. One time is. Uh, she goes to the window to see the blizzard oh, and turns around in the point. living room. And the other time is when they're at the din- dining table, the dining room at the table, and we. The camera moves to the kitchen and then slowly eliminates everyone from the scene except for the young woman. And then the next shot that we have is shot in reverse at the young woman, center of the screen, alone. No voices, mm-hmm. just here. And I think, and the reason why I want to bring that up is because that is some of that sort of tone poem scary, like what the heck is going on here. Mm -hmm. But then I want to put it in the context of the thing that I said earlier, which is if she represents the negative thought of I'm thinking of ending things and she is left alone in his mind at those terrifying (sighs) moments. Like, and she's alone, in the ba- she's alone in the
3: basement and she's yes. alone Which in the is basement where, where she's
2: rediscovering the paintings and oh, they weren't yep. mine. They were someone else. Like I'm, literally the hair on my legs is standing up. Right and now and about all
3: it. of the uh, that's where she finds the, the shame of the fact that maybe he's a janitor because she yeah. just right. pulls out all yeah. what's later discovered as the overalls yeah. right. of him. Maybe she's shame. Maybe yeah. she represents the discovery
2: of shame within Janitor Jake. I don't know. I, this is lit where I'm rolling with this. Yeah.
3: Love that. No, I mean, yes. left alone. She could be, she's try, he's trying to make her into his ideal, but also right. left alone with your own thoughts. That's, you yeah. cannot control them. Right, They're and the then, worst.
2: True. And, and if, if, if she is oh, the ideal, fantastic. and then you get later in the story when they have their romantic moment. Right. And then immediately he's shocked into, I can't do that because you are shame. Right. Right. Like, Oh gosh, there's so much, there's so much to go with that. Yes. Um, Wow. Like I think people, I never thought, I'm so glad you brought that
3: up. I never thought about the idea of scenes when an unreliable narrator that doesn't exist is alone in the scene. He's, Controlling slash not controlling it—that is really smart. I love that idea. That makes oh. me want to watch it again. There's so many Time reasons too. I want to watch
4: this movie. Again. No, that that okay. So that concept of shame—that explains something really important. So because when they are being physically intimate, there and they're, it's it's jarring. There's that quick cut to the janitor looking, looking through, through into yes. yeah, into mm-hmm. something, and and, mm. that, and and clearly he's not looking at them. Right. Because it's, it's he's not looking out the window. He's looking at, he's probably in the high school looking at something in a locker room, I'm assuming. Something. But again, that that would tie into the shame piece again of that because it's a shameful memory. A right. A shameful right. memory of something. And that was one of the things that was. It is really... kind of a
3: weird porkies ish. Yes. Hole <laughs> no. Yes. Wall. It, it yeah. is
4: because it was, because that, it surprised me because we. But there's Usually no way that did.
3: Jesse Pumps could have seen him from the call. No, like exactly because breakfast.
4: he's because he, he just said, "Oh, you know, somebody's wa- somebody's watching us," and I'm like, "There's nobody around." And right. to me, that was clearly that that we were crossing the barrier between their reality as these conscious thoughts and what's going on physically with the janitor. So yeah. that that was something I was trying. But that concept of shame really helps tie that together. That's yeah. that's good. he's there's having. So a,
3: I think he's having a. Mental, a final mental breakdown. Yeah, yes. In in his car, it's
2: a death rattle, right? I mean, that's what we're dealing with. And so we jump to the end, and there's so much
3: crazy stuff that
2: happens. I love the end.
4: end. Once we're in the high school, things (laughs) become so much fun for me.
2: (laughs) Well, fun is an interesting word with the, (laughs) the dance and the. Ribbons of blood and the, yeah. you know, and all these different things. The one thing, so this, I actually, it's so much that happens in it that I don't yeah. quite remember the order of events, to be honest. I remember, yeah. you know, Jake getting lost and then young woman having the conversation with the janitor and yeah. then they reunite and have the dance. But then I don't remember when we moved to the acceptance speech moment, but we get to this acceptance speech moment yeah. where. Uh, Jake is on stage And his mom is up there too Which is mm-hmm. Creepy as all Get out for me With my mommy issues But the, And they're on the stage With Oklahoma Oklahoma is right. you, you know Throughout this whole thing right. And then He gives a speech Which I found out In reading Is The I've... actual speech From A Beautiful Mind it's, I do. I recognize it. I had no idea. It's literally I, I the same. Knew it footage. was
3: from something, but I was yeah. like, "That's not Pauline and Kale." But I was like, no. "That's from a thing." And the shots are lined
2: up in the same way from the speech oh, really? and the oh, really? stand, the stand to the ovation is oh, there yeah? too. And then you have all these, like the people are made up in a really strange way, like really made to look fake and, and sort of like the uh. asides and stuff. And, and I want to go back. I want to look at them side by side. One oh, of the things yeah. that, uh, that uh. was interesting is that the oh, credits. Beautiful
3: mind. Of course. Right. It's all, nothing is real. It's real. all. Yes. You're I, I'm here because of all of you. Mm-hmm. Right. And when he's, what he's really saying is you're all here because of me. I mean, exactly, so. And I think that they're made up. So fake is because all of the it's artifices is finally right. it's stage makeup. All the artifices is like, completely falling down. He's at his end. He's giving a speech for a Nobel prize in no way. Could he have won? Like everything is melting down. His mom is there from the cast of Oklahoma. Everyone looks so fake because he can't even pretend he's been having so much trouble keeping this fantasy alive. He can't even have his dog shake off water. Right. right. And now as he's in his final throes of, I love that. That's such a neat way to say, like, I'm barely able to keep this together. Right. Stage stage makeup shown in yeah. close up. Stage right. makeup yeah. which only looks good from far away right. in the yes. audience. Yes. And he films it way up close. Yeah. What a and the, smart the credits
2: way to do it. now the credits say that they got permission to do that. But okay. Kaufman to do said what that he's to, to do the speech, to do the word-for-word word speech from A Beautiful Mind and shots, oh. you know, the shots and everything. Yeah. But Kaufman said that he's never spoken with Ron Howard about it. So he's like, I think maybe the studio did it. I'm not sure. Oh, sure. Which I think is really interesting <laughs> because then also in this article I read, they mentioned that the year A Beautiful Mind won was also the year that adaptation was up.
3: Oh,
1: against interesting! It, in the it
3: could be kind of seen as a slight against *A Beautiful Mind*, right? Yeah. Yes, oh yeah. yeah.
4: But but it ties thematically back to the conversation at the dinner table when they talk about oh, there's there's married couples that have been you know brilliant right. the mer- together Mercury. when they Marie Curie. Yes. So I was so for me when it was Nobel Prize, I was like, oh okay, it's again that fantasy. It's connecting back to a seed that was planted earlier of. In this, uh, it, when he's able to achieve his ideal relationship, he'll be able to he'll be able to do something as brilliant as you know winning the Nobel Prize. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's that whole piece of, again, of his
3: mind. Then sure, right. yeah, but sure, f- exactly. But, but the fact. That it was the same year as adaptation. That's so meta because the yeah. speech is saying is partly like I never thought that I'd be able to be here. That right. could be Kaufman saying that was yeah, my yeah. shot. Right. So many, and it was taken, taken away. So now it. I'm imagining with an imagining with ugh. Yes, and then this is a good film to talk about, <laughs> right? There's so much to it,
2: and then of course, then he goes and he sings the lonely room from o- Oklahoma. Have right. you guys seen Oklahoma? on stage.
3: Uh no and no. no. So but I know it's room. not in the film.
2: No, well, oh, I've so never the heard that room song in, in the particular film. is a bit controversial oh. because it's the the <laughs> Oklahoma is this kind of weird I, I'm this is now my opinion, but I think it's kind of this weird uh, sort of uh, it's it's a way of looking at the old way that we looked at things in the US mm-hmm. and, right. you know, we take the outcast and we and we kill him because we don't want that outcast like dealing with our pure relationships and stuff like that. So The Lonely Room is a really interesting mu- song in the, the show because it actually I mean, it if you have performed it a certain way, it's made to sound like masturbation. In, oh. It, oh. It, it, and exactly. you're talking
3: about the original show not this new. Right. well this is my new point one.
2: right so taking the original source material looking at oklahoma they use that song to show why this outcast is so wrong for our leading lady in oklahoma okay because he is evil he has terrible thoughts about what he wants and then the, our hero oh. ends up the town goes out and takes the outcast and gets rid of him this what is a sad
3: an, song for him to want to sing and he performs it so well and it's yeah. and it's a yeah. really
2: intense song in oklahoma too but it's controversial because it's this guy who lives in a shack and like it's all by himself like this so i oh, it, man. you know and i don't know i I might not be remembering this right but this is my interpretation from what i took from oklahoma where i was like oh we don't, we, we try not to do that to people anymore, <laughs> right. right? Is make them feel so alone and, and yeah. have to get rid of them because they're the other. But that's what Oklahoma says a lot of times. So it's it's so interesting because Oklahoma that's is what he used, did him
3: to himself at the Tulsa right. Shake Factory. He just walked in a corner that wasn't there. Right. The exact opposite of a corner. He made a corner to uh. go turn around and walk in. Wow.
2: So, yeah. So, and wow. there's so many things to talk about with this movie. It, it, I think, I don't know if we even need to talk about. Charlie Kaufman's direction or scripted because everything we end up talking oh. about in th- terms of this is, but I want to pop to Jesse Plemons a little bit right away okay. with oh. as Jake, because Tommy, you mentioned when we were talking about these characters as thoughts um, and what happens to the thoughts when the mind can't hold on to them. Yeah. That it, Jesse Plemons, a uh, black mirror episode. That's exactly. Oh, what is it? It's the, the USS, USS
3: Callister or something. Calister, like? Callister, yes. Yeah.
2: Yes. Um, where Jesse Plemons is creating a fantasy world, but those people in the fantasy world end up being characters, which I right. think is a really interesting yes. throwback to something like that. I think he was perfect for this role. I, I've seen a lot of articles where people are like, why does everyone love Jesse Plemons so much? But
3: he's oh, he's, he's a magician. He's, he's yeah. unique. Great. He's yeah. so yeah.
2: special to have him in Hollywood. I'm really happy they cast him in this role.
3: And he's really neat because he's not traditionally good looking. No. And he's sorry. I didn't the, mean to be
2: so emphatic with that. I know. <laughs> but, sorry, like. Jesse. Sorry,
3: Jesse. I said traditionally. Boy, oh boy. <laughs> yeah. um, but he's captivating. Yeah. He can. He always holds the thing, and uh, it's neat to rewatch the movie in that she's untraditionally traditionally beautiful. Right. He is not. Yes. And he, from the get-go, is. I was like, why is she with him? Sure. A little bit of like, because right. it's yeah. not like he has a great personality. No. They just have tons of connection. Right. And that's it because yeah. it's all fake. Because they're all yes. the same. They're talking, yes. someone talking to themselves. Yeah. Um, but uh, no, he's, and the amount of time that he like wipes his face, his hand yeah. in front of his face, he's getting rid of a thought, or the shame that he has with his parents at dinner as they go in and out of the different ways that they were throughout their lives and devolve. Clearly the father had physical problems, the mother had mental problems, and then everything, as it does, falls apart and deteriorates. Um, It was he his different ways of throwing that, and then having huge freakouts, then having cry moments, and I thought the acting in this movie was... Ph- phenomenal, perfectly subtle. Yes, perfectly oh, subtle yes, in all of this I,
4: stuff. I have to say, I was shocked, surprised that I did not recognize uh, Jesse Buckley Who this. Who is she? I've first, never seen her before. Well, JJ and I know her from oh, know where from, from. from Wild Rose that we talked about on trailer That's, Rewind. Oh my She's, goodness! Yes,
3: exactly.
4: Wow. I've seen a movie no, with
3: her and didn't. How come you didn't recognize her? That's interesting. because she because she, 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 she played an Irish country, country music country, star.
4: Yes, exactly. Oh. Yes, which is like
3: a, a list of all of the strongest, <laughs> the strongest personality traits, accent wise. Yes.
4: Yeah, so yeah. I didn't. Yes, and then wow. I, so I'm watching this. I'm like, who is this? She seems familiar. Oh my gosh, this is Jesse Buckley from that we talked about on uh Trailer Rewind with Wild Rose. Because totally different. Did not I did not recognize her at all. No, I, no. But all the performance in this, I love Tony Collette. And no. this, they're just, yes. I mean, this, this, the quick pivots, I, you know, for me, it, the, the whole, you know, the, the, I guess you call it a punchline when she says, well, I guess I'm just not that much of a genius. Oh, right? the whole that, genius, whole, genius that the whole genius, genius thing was loved that moment. And she just, that, that whole dinner scene, because I don't know if you noticed, nobody eats anything nope. at all. No, none of they're, the food is touched. None of the food is, and is touched. And they
3: over it, serve the carrots.
4: Oh yes. The carrots <laughs> become the, the carrots goes
3: around to too many people more than once oh, no. when yes. no one's eating yes. almost in a way that in a different movie, you'd be like, Oh, that's an editing mistake. But what right. it is, is it's a fantasy well, mistake. E- well, exactly. and genius,
2: the genius genius thing is really interesting too, because if you put it in the context of Jake's mind, it's probably just a pet peeve that stuck with him for so right. long. Yes. Oh, and yes, I will say, because- while I didn't feel like this movie was written for me, if they would have dealt with the whole fallacy of having roll agains in a trivia game, if they would have put that there, then oh, that, JJ hates it. that would have been a
3: movie written for me. I have seen JJ lose games in real time because he refuses to roll again. Never roll again.
2: Always go for a question. Why roll again? Just answer the question. It's a trivia game. Okay, anyway. So with, I, 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 I vibed with the whole genius, genius thing for sure. Yeah. Um, and Tony Collette, yeah, Tony Collette oh. phew, was amazing. In it. Yes. David <laughs> Thewlis, is that how you say his name? Is it uh, Thewlis yes. or Thewlis? Thewlis. I'll go with that. Yeah. I know him from the Harry Potter movies. Oh yeah, and he was fantastic in this. Oh,
4: he's so good, so good. Creepy Everybody. as all get out, but he so, was yes. fantastic. Yeah, yes. And I think his the one moment of his that stuck with me was as as he's aged and he's he's looking forward to the time when he oh, yeah. will forget that he forgets things. Right. Like, that whole thing, and you know, tied into you know, again, where I'm looking at this again is these are the these are actual people from Jake's life, but this is also his subconscious, you know, these different aspects of it. And there's a part of him that just is looking forward to forgetting everything, all the pain and all the hurt in his life. And I'm looking forward to getting to that decision that I will make where I will no longer have to remember these things. Yep. Oh, just so, so much.
2: Amazing. Amazing stuff. All of it. Uh, I didn't, uh, Guy Boyd is listed as the janitor. I don't know him from anything. He's playing old man. Jake, do you guys know Guy Boyd at all?
3: He felt very, not established, not even character actor. He felt very authentically...
2: They just hired a high school janitor. Yeah.
3: Almost, think, yeah.
2: <laughs> he's got a very long filmography, but it's oh, mostly... Really? But it's mostly... It's got to be know, side stuff, right? Side stuff. Yeah. It's mostly that. Care. But I think I think your point is well taken. I think they cast him perfectly in this. He wasn't... Yeah. While he was our primary brain, he wasn't meant to be a primary character. And I think right, his, right. The, way he, the way he did what he did was felt... 100% authentic in everything that we saw on screen.
3: And he was saying to, him, to himself very softly, looking out the window in the very s- first scene, mm-hmm. looking at the girl getting into a car, mm-hmm. he was saying the thing that she was getting on the voicemails. All my assumptions are yes. right.
2: right. Is that
3: from something, all my assumptions are right? Is that just a... I don't know. What, that was the part that I didn't... Otherwise, other than like his real, almost inception-wise, his reality right. breaking into yes. the fantasy, um, I wasn't able to completely put that together. That's well, something so that many is really things, open to
2: interpretation. So many things are references to other things. Right. I mean, yeah, that's I, what I
3: was wondering if it yeah, was from something. I, I yeah. don't
2: know that one. I, I yeah. You know, I think...
3: That was fun. They brought up the David Foster Wallace book that you had me read. Oh. That's what I was going to go into too.
2: And that, that book, a supposedly fun thing that I'll never do again is a yeah. really, Cruise really ships. interesting book. Oh. Uh, yeah. And David Foster Wallace is a super interesting author. And to bring yes. it up in context of this, which is oh. potentially depending on your interpretation, yeah. Yeah. a suicidal thought that yeah. is presented to us as the young woman. Oh, right. And then for them to have the conversation about suicide mm-hmm. and with David Foster Wallace, it it's just, And
3: again, with Charlie Kaufman, who Uh is known as an incredibly dense writer that is very polarizing. If Charlie Kaufman, God forbid, were to commit suicide, it's almost like he's saying the story would be, oh, that screenwriter that committed suicide. Yeah, exactly.
4: The essay that they mention again, it's another, you know, out of all the essays that are in there, they pick the one where it's about what we see on the screen. And right. that, that whole constructed reality there that we then measure ourselves against. And then I think about now being Charlie Kaufman taking another level of it. Now he's giving us a movie to put as a construct to put thoughts in our head and how are we responding to those? And how are we measuring ourselves against this and right. how he's pushing back against this? Let's just keep, you know, just keep peeling the layers. It, I, I can't wait to go watch this again and again and again. Because yeah, I think there's there's more to dig into each time.
3: I'm so glad, just real quick, I know that we're we're not done. And this sounds like a wrapping up, but it's not supposed to. I'm so glad that there is a world where I was like, masterpiece. And you guys yeah. both were like, what? Because <laughs> a lot of people, not because you guys uh, aren't smart, but it's a very, a lot of people, will very smart people look at this movie and be like, yeah. pretentious, up your own ass trash.
2: Oh, well, right. I don't feel like yes. it's and, like that. That's, an, that's empty, an empty an empty
3: thing. But yeah. so I'm just so glad that we're all psyched about it. Right. Yeah. I'm no, li- yeah. So that's yeah. just exciting. It's, go ahead. It's, I'm sorry.
4: It's no, I was gonna say it's you know, it has that potential. But I think for me, it's what keeps it from going over that edge is there I c I can't pinpoint it, but there's that internal consistency. Because you've got you can go into dream world where just logic goes out the window, but there's a center that holds it all together. So right. I can't I can't understand why it seems logical? Why it makes sense? But there's an internal consistency to everything that holds all of this nonsense together. Oh, in a way, that's a neat way to that, say that, it. Yeah, That you can say, okay, this is of quality because it's not just oh, let's throw all the rules out the window. And then, then a, what if
3: this I, happened?
4: Right, there's, a a there's an entirely different.
3: There's an entirely different
4: set of rules that is holding this all together. That when you see the echoes across, neat. That, that's one of the. Th- that Tells me that there's an intentional plan for all of this, and it may not be transparent. Maybe very opaque to, to lots of people, but there's, there's what I call the echoes. And you see the, the bouncing back and forth across the stories. Right. Uh, that's what holds it together for well, me. Well, that
2: is told visually in the story, though, too. Yeah.
4: I mean, yes. that,
2: one of the things that's interesting is that, you know, Tommy, one of, the, one of the comments, one of the adjectives you used when you first described it is that it was long. Mm-hmm. So much of this movie happens in a car ride.
3: This movie is a play. Yes yeah. this movie is is the most cinematic play I've ever seen.
2: Right so and we're in the car with them. Yes. And and of course we're isolated because of the snow. But mm-hmm. and so the frames keep getting tighter and tighter yeah. and and what we view I mean we're doing this sort of movement back and forth between driver and passenger and spending time with a black screen with very right. little being said. There's times where we where we frame a shot of the young woman from outside the vehicle, yes, and Why? a back the, passenger back- window, yes. I mean, there's yeah. really a beautiful they visual story being that. told here, yeah, yeah. about what exists in a mind if you choose to look at it that way the 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 cinematographer here is uh lucas Zal. he's a polish cinematographer and hasn't really done a lot of stuff yet um definitely not a not a lot of american releases i was so excited with the way that this movie was shot because again like you talk about tom it's a cinematic play i saw a message too that it was written on a 133 to one aspect ratio and i I, i'm not uh, smart enough to know what that means That's, that's square. Yeah, the Daily Beast yeah. described it as boxy. Lighthouse. Yeah, yeah. Oh, the lighthouse was
3: that way too. Uh, yes. or, or no, the lighthouse I think was even more severe because it was even oh, okay. it was using an, an aspect ratio that doesn't even exist now because oh, okay. we didn't know how to do things. But yes, it's the idea of it's the negating of widescreen. Yeah, right.
4: And, and I so, didn't like, notice, but I felt. Makes it-
3: you didn't in. notice.
2: Well, I didn't. Oh. I mean, I didn't. I didn't. It's not like I said, "Oh, this is something strange." But it. I had this
4: tone of like, "Oh,
3: I was here." Right. Yeah, I, I was. I in. felt yeah, so claustrophobic.
4: Right. Yes. The whole we're so, time we're so focused. It, he doesn't allow you to wander visually from left side of the frame because you're just in that box, and it's just going to keep you. Focused on on everything he wants you to see and keeps your vision right right in the the tunnel. It works so well. Brilliant filmmaking.
3: In the car ride, especially in the beginning when they're having trouble connecting, when I still thought it was literally (laughs) like a date movie, they're almost never in the same frame at the same time, which is unheard of. What do you do if you are like reading a play and you're reading both characters? You can't be right. in both places. Yeah. You right. have to go back and forth, back and forth, and forth. You move it's almost, from one side of the table to the, the other. To before the other. you say the yeah. next line, right? But but that's what he's sort of doing, yeah, mentally. Right. And that's and the editing yeah. is incredible. Oh, it's incredibly yes. well shot. Even that, my favorite shots were the ones um, from like a caddy corner where yes. they would always be filmed pass the guy to see the other person, but instead he covered up the rest of the frame with the car frame. And then where you would see the other person, you can't because of the aspect ratio.
2: So there was nothing there. Right. Right. I love
3: what, I love what uh, uh, Steve just said about there's no wandering. If you're directing something in your head, by definition, there's no wandering. You can only focus your attention on one thing. That's the dream. Yeah. Until yeah, it sort of starts going away. Yeah. Right. Love
2: it. I love, love it. it. Um, that's very I, smart, Steve. In addition to that, there was no... We, we talk about it on the show a lot of times. We'll bring up music and we'll say, oh, the music took me out of it. Or I didn't notice the music. <laughs> There was so much no music in this movie where I was like listening for something and it was just not there. And it has a lot to do with that same thing you're saying from the visual standpoint of focusing on what you're looking at at the moment. There was nothing to take you out of what was on screen at the time, including uh, aurally for your ears. And and what it definitely did was highlight when there was music. When they did have sound effects or when they did have all of a sudden the score chime in, you're like, oh, wait, what does this mean? Um, and I thought that was really expert the way that they handled that in the film too.
3: Cause he was bringing in, uh, you saw him probably rewatching cartoons that he'd seen as a kid. Yes. Uh, you were get that. It's all from primary sources of things that he had when he was growing up, yep. but he's just sort of like very awkwardly or by the end, when he has the hallucination through the car window of the, actually fairly horrific tulsi stand commercial (laughs) none of that's That's real but it's all made up up. but i mean even if that was the commercial what a terrible way to do it she creates an ice cream person so the kid behind her could step (laughs) on it it. like it's all (laughs) just it's all about fragility it's all about deterioration it's all of this Um, it's like how a lay person would use music in their mind if they were trying to be robert zemeckis
2: Right. If they were Jake, if they were Jen or Jake. If they were Jake, yeah. So then the biggest spoiler to talk about and Mm. what we do So what do you think? Do you think that he did commit suicide? Do you think that he had some sort of attack? Uh, I think it's pretty clear that he is dead inside the car at the end um, because he had this thought that said, I was thinking of ending things. And we do see him deteriorate mentally to some degree. Right. Right. Is... What do you think? What's the end?
4: Well, I mean, yeah, I think he clearly goes through. I mean, because this is one of the things when that I learned back way back when I was a kid in Boy Scouts about when people start to freeze, they actually do take their clothes off because they, yeah, think they get really yeah. hot. Right. Exactly. To so start a fire,
3: Jack London. That's where right. I, I learned exactly. that.
4: Yeah. Yes, exactly. So I saw that. and I'm like, OK, this is the end for him. The hypothermia, all that he's, you know, and then everything with the pig, that's to me, that's. You know, in his, in his head, yes. in his mind, all that, and so yeah, what we see there is the car, yeah, with janitor Jake's corpse, you know, frozen in in the in the truck. That's a- that's one hundred percent agree. Yeah. He took off yeah. all of
3: his clothes in the car and froze yeah. to death, and yeah. he will wow. only be he will only be found once whoever is doing the shoveling yes. during the ending credits right. finally it's, wonders why is this it's, car it's, here. This car. Right, right. I, I did read something interesting about
2: the pig. They wanted to use a real pig for that. Oh. Uh, But they found out when they were setting it up, two things. They found out that pigs freak out on slippery surfaces. So the trainers didn't think they could keep a pig like doing the walk thing. And then they also found out that pigs actually cannot turn their heads. And so since we have this talking pig that's turning (laughs) its head to talk to Janitor interesting that That they weren't going to be able to do it with a real pig. So that's,
3: so they decided to go with the, uh, the animated version. I prefer the animated, especially because the animated has such a retro animation look. It matches some of that earlier animation. Mm -hmm. He's, he has just devolved. It
2: makes it feel like a completely thing. Tommy, you mentioned the shoveling in the, in the closing credits. I, yeah, if people don't listen to these credits, because most people I don't really right. think do, especially with no. Netflix movies, it's really special. Yes. <laughs> I had gone to start kind of writing what we were going to talk about tonight, but I left it on in the background, yeah. the credits on the background. And it's, it's like perfect. It's it's yeah. a perfect explanation of what the end of the movie is to just let the credits run and listen to the desolation that exists after this man has passed. Um it's I think but it's such brilliant. a peaceful. It's yeah. They kept talking yeah.
3: about how things there's a, there's a refrain of sitting alone in a car with nothing happening. Isn't it peaceful? Isn't yep, it peaceful? Right. We finally get that. Yeah. At the end. Cause it's never peaceful during the movie. Right No. because probably no. if someone is slowly dying in a car, freezing to death while yeah. going finally insane, everything's busy being too confusing. We get the peacefulness that he was looking for during the, during the ending credits. I'm saying what you said, but I like what you said so much that I'm saying it louder. So I get credit for it.
2: Well, I, I love snow and I think snow <laughs> yeah. is magic. And one of the, my favorite things about snow is after a snowfall, how the world oh, is quiet. Yes. Oh, cause everything's yeah. blanketed yeah. or bumped. And what yeah. an amazing thing for Kaufman or whoever's choice yeah. it was to set up a mic and say, here's the quiet in the world after.
3: Yeah. What a brave snow. choice. Yeah.
2: Steve, in our Discord, you had shown some of the early Rotten Tomatoes things for the three big releases this weekend. Um, yes, what, uh, what what did you find, and and what is what do you think that means based on what you've seen here?
4: Well, I think it means what it's what it's going to mean is that critics love this, and people are going to see this getting ranked really high, and they're going to watch it, and they're going to. And this is not a film for everybody, but it sure. is sitting at an eighty-two percent on Rotten Tomatoes, uh, compared to Tenant, which was around seventy. Five, and I think uh, Mulan was around 80 or 81. So yeah. this was rating higher than either of those, which really, really surprised me. Mm. To well, see it, it ranking, I'm, I'm pleased. I, I I love it. I think it's well-deserved, but I think it's going to create problems when people go to look for something and like, oh, this was really top, top rated. And, and as we talk about on Trailer Rewind, this is not a film for everybody. There's a specific audience for this type sure. of film. This sure, is going to
3: be the most... Half watched film yes. in America for <laughs> well, at least
4: a couple days.
2: Well, especially because it is that long, too. It, yes. it is, yeah. Yeah. it's over two hours. I mean, you're going to yeah. have to make an investment for this one. I have not seen Tenet. I totally want to see Tenet, but I am not going to a theater anytime soon. So I don't know when I'm going to be able to see it. Um, I know that some people out there are brave enough to do that right now. I'm not there. I did see Mulan, though. I did pay for the. Oh, and this it, it, is the thing. You get you, two months of special access. Is it just two months or is it two months ongoing unless oh, wait, you
4: cancel? Oh, wait, wait. It's, wait, September, October... What November? are we saying? No. Special it, access to what? Th- three months. To Because, plus. So because they, oh. December 4th, everybody else gets access to it.
2: Right. So the thing is, yeah. so yeah. what they gave you is, they said $30 to to see on, right. but it wasn't just $30 for that. It was paying for this premier access thing. And what... Mm. Now I will tell you that what my credit oh, card registered as—see
3: it early, you mean? Just explain yeah. the little. Yeah, okay, so it's it, premier
2: right. access, but but the way that my credit card registered it Ugh. is was is that it was a new subscription. So my oh. thought is, what Disney Plus is doing is moving from their— 799 model yeah up to a 30 dollars a month model and oh. i didn't really read the fine print but Ooh. i'm assuming that it's going to keep this way for me but you know what i'm actually fine with that because if i get a chance to see black widow if i get a chance yeah. to get you know loki and uh, falcon and the winter soldier and all the different mandalorian if i get yeah. access to that stuff i'm willing to pay 30 dollars a month for it so this is actually a big power play from from disney and what they're doing there i will say so watching mulan Mulan is beautiful. It's really, really well shot. Um, The story wasn't, it wasn't more special to me than the animated film. So I would actually not put it as high as 81%. I think uh, where we're sitting with, I'm thinking of any things, I think it deserves its high rating from a critical standpoint. And I think even though it's going to be half watched, like you guys are talking about, I think people are going to really like it. I
3: think people who care about movies, are going to really like the people that it's a dumb way to say it, but the people that will like it will love it. Yes. Yeah. I started my whole thing by saying I went into this movie with such unfair expectations and they were exceeded.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. Me too. Um, did you guys have anything else that you wanted to say in closing for this one?
4: I mean, I think the one thing people will come away with a reading list because they're going to maybe pick up David Foster Wallace. Maybe they'll read some Pauline kale, Maybe yeah, they'll sure. read some William Wordsworth. Maybe they'll read some uh, Eva HD who wrote the poem Bone Bone Dog. It's right. wow, yeah, read there. Poem. Um, And then the other thing is, it's like, there are so many great... And that was in his
3: room, of course. That's in his room. Their whole conversation leading up to it is in his room.
4: Right. But there's great philosophical statements in here, like, um, animals live in the present, humans cannot, so they invent hope. uh things like that uh you know i i just started jotting things down as this movie was starting because i thought oh okay you know this this sounds like an important philosophical statement maybe there'll be something that's the driving theme of the movie and there's just so many of those that uh are rewarding to just hear well-crafted dialogue like that
2: well and i'm glad you mentioned uh you know adding to the reading list from it i think uh, i want to bring up you know uh, if people want to see a movie that's about david foster wallace there's a great movie called the end of the tour um, yes. That has uh, Jason Segel and Jesse Eisenberg in it. Um, mm-hmm. And it's talking about some of the things that were happening in David Foster Wallace's life towards uh, in the last couple years of his life. And yes. I, I love that movie. Um, it's one that a lot of people haven't seen, but it's, it's really special to go out there and watch that, too. Uh, A lot of uh, the hosts on The Next Reel use this cool thing called FlickChart, and it is a cool site where you can go and create a tournament-style stack ranking of your movie preferences. I have a ranking there um, where I rank every movie that we see on this show and any movie that they talk about on the main show that I've seen and all that stuff. And uh, this one, (laughs) ranking this movie was Really difficult there. I actually had to do it three times and then figure out which one made the most sense to me based on uh, what came out from it. So, wait,
3: why did you have to do it three times? I don't get it. Well,
2: because I did it and then I wasn't sure if I really agreed with where it sat. Like, I had to look at it and I was (laughs) like, does that make sense? Like, it was really kind of crazy. So, I did it three different (laughs) times.
3: It's like defeating the idea of like, well,
2: I'm not a purist in, in, in in these battles. So, but so I want to tell you guys about the battles that I had. And yeah. see if you agree with where it sits. If for these movies, they'll put the ones that you've seen. So for okay. me, so my middle point right now is Prometheus, which is higher than a lot of people is for Prometheus. But that's you know from the Alien, Aliens universe. Right. So it beat Prometheus, but yep. then it yes. lost
3: to Heat.
4: You no, know, no, 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 no. Oh,
3: you would no. say it's better than Heat. Oh, really. but not I, by I, not I, by I, far. but oh, I, I have think have, yeah. There's just more to hang on to.
4: I okay. have huge issues with Heat. I, I think love he, it. He, I think Heat is an overrated piece of. <laughs> Yeah. We're
3: talking about the movie, My, the Michael. Are you Mann talking movie? about the yeah. idea? Oh, got it. Just no, no, because no, like, no, no. No, I got is summer. Okay, yes, I oh. know, <laughs> <laughs> but
2: that's me. Yeah. yeah, there's too much heat this summer. It yeah. it it, yeah. it lost to heat just because it's so darn hot. Yeah. So, um. But then it lost to the Martian. Disagree. You, yes. Would, I, do you say disagree, Tommy? Yep. So, I just recently watched The Martian again and I actually liked mm-hmm. it more seeing it this time. And then yes. I had it losing to Little Sister, which, Tommy, you probably haven't seen, but it was a trailer no. re- rewind movie oh, that we did. Oh,
4: my. That's right. I haven't th- thought and about so that one in a I while. Put,
2: so, Little Sister for me comes up where it seems like it's, it was more of an emotional move for me. I think this mm-hmm. movie is smarter mm. than Little Sister, but Little okay. Sister hit me in an emotional way and that matters to me. I had Damn. it losing to Panic Room.
4: Mm. Mm. I okay. had it
2: losing to Snowpiercer. Mm. And I uh, had it losing to All About Nina, which is another trailer one oh, movie. Which again, uh, now we're hitting talking oh, about hitting me in the fields, yeah, right? Yes, so, you are. <laughs> and while this movie is so wonderful, and I don't want to take anything away from it, I didn't. It, it didn't bring me along emotionally. It it made me giddy to watch it in a I love movies kind of way, but it didn't hit me the emotional way that I wanted it to. So I will say that this conversation definitely did but uh, but but the movie itself did not. The last thing that it did is then it, it beat Mr. Nobody. So it okay. sits kind of right in the middle of uh, my flick chart list and it sits at 118 out of 237. And then, so looking at the letterbox for me, I mean, I love that you guys loved it so much. I want to love it so much, but um, you, know, you compare it to Eternal Sunshine for me. Eternal Sunshine has this emotional place for me. This movie I just think is super smart and super wonderful. So I gave it a 2.5. You can 5. also respect
3: it more right. than... Right, and
2: that's what yeah. it is. So I gave it sure. a 2.5. 5 right in the middle for me just like my flick chart showed up and uh and a definitely a like so how do you guys feel about it
4: <laughs> okay so it uh on my uh. flick chart out of 634 movies it came in at number 17 uh, wow. So, and, wow. wow i i love, love this I, this is like i said these are movies that when it because there were some tough ones and i but i will i will always say i will always err on the side of going with a film that's giving me something to contemplate something to come back to there are strong, solid favorites that, it, that it, it beat out, but because to me it has something important to say, it's going to give me something to chew on and think over for a very, very long time. So, so it, for, it, it, for
2: context, tell me what it lost to then on your trip.
4: So it, so it lost to Aaron Brockovich. Oh, wow. It, okay. It, hmm. it lost to Di- Diabolik, and it lost to The Martian. Interesting. But okay. It, but, but it beat out things like, and this was tough for me, smart. But Whoa. I love uh, see here's the thing. I've I love books. It's a <laughs> me there. No, 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 no. It's it's it is. And I love Book Smart, but what is what do you take away from Book Smart? To me, I there are life lessons, there are things to ponder that I will come to over and over again. Book Smart will always make me laugh, but I will always delve into that artier side. I will always like I love, love Terrence it. Malick. I will well, always go to that level. Of they,
3: these those two movies, in ways thematically, are diametrically opposed. One yes. is about capturing the last essences of youth. Yes. The other one is trying to possibly deal with the existential dread of right. that we're all worm food. Oh yes, funny exactly. <laughs> exactly. fun sense so, to say that. So,
4: yes, so that, so it was challenging, but for me, I, I on a re rank it may come down a little bit, but I had such a great time, and I I love. Digging into something like this and giving me something to think about. So for me, it's a it's a five star on Letterbox and a like, of course,
2: and it a
3: makes like, sense. of course. Tommy, yeah.
4: where is the ranking for you?
3: Uh, on my flick chart, it's the last movie that I've seen. Yeah, <laughs> uh, because I don't do flick chart. No, I but know, that's a, less. it's a it's a uh, four point five because I have only watched it once right. and I'm not comfortable rating something a five until I've watched it again. I'm pretty okay. sure it will move up to a five. So it's just me being like, hmm, I'm too special to give something a five. But again, I started this movie <laughs> by saying I started this podcast by saying math might be a masterpiece. And I still stand by that. That's awesome. And, you know, I think and a you know- dislike. What? No, I just <laughs> wanted to throw a twist in there.
2: I will say that you know my ranking because it's so middling, it brings our average down to three. But I think it, I feel much more positive about this movie than than my ranking gives it. So it's going to sit at three for us. But I think it's it's a much better movie than that number gives it. Hey, don't mess the numbers on there.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> so where do we go from here? October is a really, really strange uh, month. Yes. We don't really know what's coming out. We don't know if we feel safe enough to go to theaters yet. Even but though there's some still movies- a lot of good options are hitting there but there are good options there so we're holding on to a couple different things in our mind the one that we know for sure that we may try to tackle is the trial of the chicago seven it's an aaron sorkin movie it's coming out on netflix on october 16th Mm -hmm. that's the one that we're sure it's kind of like gonna sit for us no matter what we can we can do that in october if we get there wonder woman 1984 is still slated to come out in theaters on october 2nd i still don't believe it i don't think they're gonna do it but Tenet made a hundred million dollars this weekend so I don't know. I don't think I can make anyone go to a theater to watch it, though. So we're going to make a decision. What if we could? What a weirdo
3: power for this exactly. podcast. <laughs> yeah. You're a subscriber, <laughs> you go now. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah,
2: no, uh, but that's, th- so we're still trying to decide about October, but it's probably going to be one of those two films unless something else pops up there that, uh, that makes a whole lot more sense for us. For the main show, they are currently in a series about the best picture nominated foreign films. Next one up is Life is Beautiful, which is a fantastic film and I am super looking forward to their talk about Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, which is oh. almost always in my top 10 of movies, so I'm excited to get it on my flick chart <laughs> going forward. And then uh, also on the Marvel Movie Minute, Robin are wrapping up the Incredible Hulk, which is amazing, and they're already wow. playing the minutes for Iron Man Two. So look yes. for that coming soon. It is the MCU Marvel Movie Minute is such an incredible project, and these guys are killing it. Uh, and uh, actually, the pandemic has given them a chance to catch up a bit on the MCU. <laughs> yes. So I don't think they're going to make their way to it, but uh, but it's super fun that uh, we get a, some uh, some to make up some ground here with our minutes as we go. I talked about it a bit in the show open. So all you wonderful people in the world, make sure to come join us on Discord at TheNextReal.com. Let us know that you want to hang out on our server where you can geek out on movies and other things from throughout the entertainment universe and have deep discussions about everything just like we did tonight. Come join our gang and interact with us on the internet. It is super safe for quarantine. That's mm-hmm. where we'll keep the conversation going. But for this one, see you later, Tommy Handsome. We just podcasted all over you. <laughs> and one more word from Steve Sarmento. Hondo. At the Next Reel. When the movie ends, our conversation begins. Till next!
0: supposedly so much better than the movie. We've also explored Stephen King epics like The Dark Tower and IT, biopics like Damien Chazelle's First Man,
1: and sweeping sagas like Denny Villeneuve's take on Frank Herbert's Dune.
0: And don't forget Martin Scorsese's Killers of the Flower Moon, based on David non nonfiction book about the 1920s murders of the Osage Nation. I just finished the book, and it's fantastic.
1: It's always fascinating to look at the source material, and we often do as the book lovers we are. For those of you out there who love to do the same, head to thenextreal.com slash originals to find all of our past episodes and dive deeper into these adapted stories.
0: And it's not just stories. We've included things like the video games Uncharted and Detective Pikachu.
1: That's right. TheNextReel.com slash Originals is your one-stop shop for in-depth looks at the sources for cinematic adaptations that we have discussed. Every purchase you make supports the film board and The Next Reel's family of shows.
0: So what are you waiting for? Head to TheNextReel.com slash Originals and get your next read today.